You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Friday, December 22nd. It's probably like one of the like quietest days of the year. Um, you know, people getting ready for Christmas and whatnot, the holidays. Uh, but you know, as always, every Friday, uh, me and Lori are gonna give you guys a great deep dive into this 49ers Ravens matchup. How you doing today, Lori? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm 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 fired up, man. So I'm ready. Yeah, let's go. We do have a lot to cover in this show. So yeah, let's just get right into it. As always, uh, we have the weather. This game is going to be played in Santa Clara. The weather is going to be exceptional. But if you do plan to be there, just know it'll probably be like 50 degrees, I'd probably estimate, uh, around the time that kickoff gets going because that sun is going to be setting at 455 the high of the day is going to be 61, but the low of the nighttime is going to be 41. So I'd say like 50 degrees is probably uh, the temperature for this game. Um, so, I mean, it's really not going to, yeah, tad nipply as Oasis Rips says, but nothing that's going to impact the outcome of the game. So that's always good. We love that in December. Perfect football weather. That is right. But what could impact the outcome of this game are the injuries, right? And we've been pretty curious about this as 49er fans throughout the week. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it because Kyle Shanahan said earlier on CanBR, it's a long shot that Eric Armstead will play Monday night, according to Kyle. And the good news is Javon Hargrave is trending in the right direction. He was limited in practice today. Um, and of course we don't get the final injury report for the game until probably Sunday, uh, I would, or maybe tomorrow, but of course, you know, we're, f- we're filming this Friday. So we just have the Friday practice reports to go off of. And so the do not practice for the 49ers, Eric Armstead, Oren Burks, Jawan Jennings, still in the concussion protocol, um, that could take a hit to the run blocking for the 49ers. Um, and Ross Dwelly remains out as well. Uh, but limited players who I think probably on the positive side here, Javon Hargrave, Clinton Farrell, Elijah Mitchell, and Ben Barch. Um, on the Ravens side, like they're looking pretty healthy going into this game. couple of corners that are still not practicing for them, mostly uh, backup players, although Arthur – mullet uh sometimes rotates in for them uh but other otherwise i feel like they're gonna manage and they're pretty healthy going into this one yeah i mean the jaguars didn't beat them up too bad so they're fine they're pretty healthy they uh um, pretty much were yeah, just a fly on the wall the jaguars for the ravens Ugh. Lori, I'm, I'm expecting like so many passive aggressive comments about like the jags in this show <laughs> It's but uh it's you know ridiculous. I I did watch that game cuz obviously I was curious to see the Ravens it was a primetime game so of course I was able to catch it and then I also mm-hmm. uh later in the week I did watch the Ravens Rams some interesting things uh from that one too that you know I'll talk more about in this show but yeah I mean with that, let's just jump right in to the matchups for this game. And as always, we start with the cautious matchups, okay? And I think for me, it all starts with the Ravens' uh, defense. And they're a pretty good defense. Like, you see this chart here. You're looking at the EPA allowed Um, They're, of course, in the negative, which is a good thing for defense to allow a negative EPA per play. You see the only defense that's better are the Cleveland Browns. We all know how the 49ers struggled against them. Of course, yes, I know Trent and Debo were out for that game. But, you know, just keep that in mind. And as far as the success rate allowed, um, Ravens, you know, also in – Good territory there, certainly better than the 49ers defense. So that's kind of my big worry for this one. And I'm also looking at the Ravens defensive line. They have a lot of talented players on that Ravens D line. Um, Odape 
OA um, has four sacks. He ranks 13th in pass rush win rate with 21%. Then you have uh, Jadavion Clowney, um, who's kind of, you know, had a resurgence here. And you probably can't read the names here, but uh, the one that's circled in this chart is Clowney, and it shows double team rate. He's getting double teamed a hell of a lot, about the same or a little bit more than Nick Bosa is. And you see his pass rush win rate is higher uh, than even Nick Bosa's is to put, you know, some things into perspective. He leads the Ravens with, um, or sorry, no, he doesn't lead, lead the Ravens with eight sacks. Um, we'll talk more about who does, uh, but he has eight sacks uh, thanks to his 24% pass rush win rate in which he ranks fourth. But my biggest worry is um, Justin uh Matabuke, and I hope I'm saying his name right, but he is performing like one of the league's best defensive tackles right now. And actually, last week, he tied an NFL record for 11 straight games with at least half a sack. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Clowney was putting some good pressure in, too. So, um, you know, I think those those two guys um, are definitely two guys to look out for. Um Clowny, man, I was really surprised. I heard his name a lot more than what I thought I was going to hear his name. Right. Um, right. Last no, week against good. the Jags. But, I mean, you know, against the Jags, everyone's playing their best. So, probably didn't make you feel any better watching Lamar Jackson throw dimes out there against the poor Jaguars secondary and D-line. So, I mean, yeah. tr- um, what's his name? Trayvon Walker, the, like, the, the, the second-year uh, guy. Um, you know, that DN, he actually got, you know, pretty good sack when, uh, when, when, <clears throat> if, if, if the 49ers can kind of collapse the pocket, but like stay in your, stay in your lane. Yeah. Like don't open up the middle too much, kind of stay in your lane and then close it. Um, then, you know, they have a really good chance of getting Lamar, but he had some design runs. I don't know if we're going to get into that, but yeah, we will. Cause he's on the list. Yeah. So. Oh, we'll definitely get into that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for like the Ravens side, definitely putting this as a cautious matchup, you know, Clowney, Owe, and Metabuke, definitely guys to be aware of. He has Metabuke has 12 sacks on the season. That's most by any defensive tackle this season, and his 57 pressures rank third among defensive tackles. That's only behind Aaron Donald. And Dexter Lawrence. So yeah, he's having wow. a really great year. And he has 30 quarterback hits, which ranks second in the league behind only Nick Bosa. Uh, so you know, putting it all into perspective, wow. this guy, yeah, this guy is really good. And it's not just that, like they move him all over the line. So it's not just worrying about him going up against one guy on the 49ers offensive line. It's potentially going up against everyone on this 49ers offensive line because out of 365 snaps this season, he has lined up at left defensive tackle 195 times, at right defensive tackle 175. He's even played on the ends, 133 snaps at left end, 81 at right end. So, yeah, they move him around. And I saw something uh, someone say earlier today, uh, that against the Jags, he had a, a sack and six total pressures from five different gaps in that game. So. Dude, he's he was beating he was beating double teams. He was slipping through. Oh my god, it's just Man. he can get really skinny in between, um, like in between the two guards. You try to put two guys on him, and somehow he can still get through it. So I just I saw a stat that he had more QB hits than Terrell Suggs ever had in a season. Terrell Suggs. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He's doing some crazy stuff right now. So he's definitely someone that, for me, can wreck whatever the 49ers have planned on offense. And so I hope they have a good plan to keep him at bay at least a little bit. But, um, yeah, much like the 49ers, the Ravens do like to rotate their defensive linemen. And as we know, that does help keep guys fresh. So expect to see guys like Kyle Van Noy, uh, Tavius Robinson. I think you mentioned one of the other guys um, who had a great play as well. So just something to keep an eye on in, in this game. Um, but 
yeah, let, let me go to the next cautious matchup here. And I, I think staying on the Ravens defense here, I, I'm looking at their secondary and these linebackers. Um, so they're very talented. And I want to start with the safety, Kyle Hamilton, because to me, he's he, he's kind of like the, the star of the show on their defense. Um, he has 10 tackles for loss. But he's also been great in covering with uh, 10 pass breakups. Uh, the first defensive back to do so since Tyron Matthew in 2015. Uh, so that's impressive. And as I'm showing here in this chart, this shows safety separation prevented and targets faced. Um, so he is uh, preventing the most percentage of separation out of any safety. The only one that's like in his range is Grant Delpit, who is a Cleveland Brown. You know, the 49ers have faced his target percentage is still pretty high. Shout out to Sean Gibson, who's way up there as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, Kyle Hamilton, he's uh, he's really good for them and they like to move him around as well. Yeah. I mean, he actually, he, he played pretty well. Um, against against the Jags like especially in tackling man whenever they were kind of trying to I mean the Jaguars throw 75 screens a game and only you know one of them work but I mean anyway neither that's neither here nor there Hamilton was everywhere against the screens he was he's basically playing sideline to sideline he can yeah. he's covering the slot he's lining up in the slot he's lining up in the box um, yeah. you know, he, he, this guy is literally everywhere on the field where they need him to be. He can, he can line up against the best, the best out there. And I know it was a big thing. Like speed matters. He's six, four, 220 pounds. He can handle tight ends. So yep. definitely Kittle might have himself a matchup this week. Yeah. It's definitely going to be an interesting one, uh, to see like even him going up against Debo, like he, yeah, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to see some really interesting matchups here. And yeah, as you said, they line him up everywhere. Here's how his uh, numbers split. He's played 266 snaps at free safety, uh, 380 in the slot because yeah, on, on, uh, nickel packages, he is their slot corner and he's, also has uh, 194 snaps in the box. So he he's a chess piece. He's a chess piece for this defense and someone that Brock Purdy is going to have to keep an eye on at all times. Um, Ravens passing defense is second behind just the Browns in EPA allowed per dropback and third in dropback success rate. And so – they're really good. This is probably the best or the biggest test that Brock Purdy has faced since that week six game against the Browns, I would say. You know what I like about Kyle Hamilton? Like, and this, the you know, I think the 49ers kind of line up in this a lot where, you know, maybe they're not, you know, they're not four wide. They're not even three wide. Um, you know, they're putting, they're putting two wide receivers out there. Kyle Hamilton is basically playing the ball. He can come backside and chase that. He chased down ETN a couple times from, from the backside yeah. of the play. So if McCaffrey, you know, doesn't know where to go and maybe he's kind of trying to choose his hole, Kyle Hamilton can come free. So, you know, you better hit the hole, get north and south, because Kyle, man, he's going to be right behind you. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And it isn't just Kyle Hamilton as well. They have some other talented safeties, Marcus Williams, and a third safety who comes in when Hamilton moves inside a nickel, Geno Stone, who actually leads the team with six interceptions. Um, but I also want to talk about their corners. Like, their their corners are also really good. Uh, you see here in this chart uh, the – Yeah, Marlon Humphrey, the separation um, percentage – the percentage of separation that uh, they're preventing uh, is pretty high. Child Charvarius Ward, who's also pretty high there as well. Um, and then I'm trying to, I know this is small. I'm trying to read like what the, <laughs> wow. what the left side says. I always do this. Um, zone coverage separation prevented. prevented. So, yeah, uh, 
the closest you are to that top right, the better. And you will see Ronald Darby and Marlon Humphrey very close to that top right corner. Uh, so that just illustrates how wow. good these corners have been as well. So, you know, Purdy's going to see a lot of disguised coverages, late rotations, and, you know, three safety looks. But Kyle uh, Kyle and company like won't really have the luxury of exploiting a weak linebacker matchup this week either because the Ravens linebackers are also really good. Probably like the the best tandem after Fred and Greenlaw um, with Roquan Smith, yeah, and Patrick Queen. Um, that's such an elite name, by the way. Like it is. I mean, the last name Queen is so cool. <laughs> but you see how good. You see how good these guys are in in um in coverage and the separation that they prevent as well in their coverage that is you know as close to the right as you can be is Roquan Smith so he's preventing the uh, near a hundred percent of separation in coverage and and Patrick Queen is not too far behind him um, Fred Warner to put it in perspective is right between where those guys are. So yeah, they're, they're having themselves a great year. Yeah. This is a really good defense guys. This like, I don't think this game needs as much as what people think, but I think it's a glimpse to what the Super Bowl may be. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it can kind of be a feeler type of game. And I don't know, did you hear that theory about the Super Bowl colors. I sure, I sure have, yeah. And, I mean, you know, what are those colors right now? They're purple and I've, red. Every year since, you know, what, 2020? Yeah. It's, it's, been the, it's been the colors. So that's kind of cool. Just saying. And this is the game right here. This is it. I'm not the biggest conspiracy theorist, but when they looked at when they showed how it's been the last few years, like, I don't know, that's pretty damning evidence. It could, if it's a coincidence, that is the hugest coincidence I think I've seen for that to last. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The script has leaked and it's leaked in the Super Bowl graphic. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) in what was it? 2021 when the Rams, it was like yellow. There was no other team that that Mm could have been. Like, it's Literally. like, okay, it's red. There's, like, seven teams with red. But it's yeah. just, like, purple and red, and they're the best two teams right now? Come on. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And it's it's not common for two teams to be 11-3 and three and meet this late in the season, right? Yeah. So this is, like, this is a great matchup this late into the season. And I'm excited for it because a lot of what both of these teams do well, they kind of match up with each other. Um, so it's going to be a matchup for the ages. Uh, this question from Oasis Rips. Uh, so Akash posted uh, where 49ers run 21 personnel 42% of the time, and Ravens have only seen five snaps of 21 personnel. Uh, really stood out to me. Advantage 49ers, in my honest opinion. Um, hey, like, that's a great point. I mean – you know, you're, you're better at, you're more likely to be better at stopping something you've seen before, something you've seen a lot before and have prepared for. Um, but, you know, that's a, a great point from Akash who, who posted that stat that, you know, the Ravens haven't faced a lot of 21 personnel. I mean, so the Ravens are what, top 10 run defense? Yeah, I'd say that so. That could be why. Um, because that's generally a pass, I mean, a, a, a run running type of personnel. I mean, except if you're the 49ers where you have, you know, a tight end and a fullback. But, you know, the Ravens do too. Um, and it, it, was, it was very frustrating to see um, the Jaguars last week play the Ravens. And like you're saying, you know, like Oasis says, he's only seen five snaps out of 21 personnel. And the Jaguars have Doug Peterson who loves to run that. They only ran... ETN 10 times. 10 I times. Saw that. I was surprised. Ten. I was surprised because ETN, I thought, was actually having some success early with the run. Yeah, and he's like the workhorse and the backbone of the offense. And and like your quarterback is on like a hobbled leg. It's like, why wouldn't you like run the ball? It's just like, and 
if anything, I wish, you know, they kind of ran the little ball a little bit more to kind of see how they handled it when it comes to McCaffrey the, the next week. So the 49ers could have a kind of an idea. But Doug Peterson's like, nope, we're going to throw it every single play. So, To be fair, too, though, like I, I thought that the Jags were in good position early, like in the first half. They had a lot of opportunities, even even yeah. though like they were throwing a lot and maybe that you know that isn't how they usually play or that isn't like their main game, but like there were opportunities there and they're for a variety of different reasons didn't really work out. Um they threw seventy five th- screens a game, like and like none of them were working. <laughs> and it's just like well that um but like there were also just like drops and just Missed opportunities. Bad throws, from, from like throws thrown over. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get too much into that, but, you know. But, you know, my, my point being that, like, I think that gave me some hope that the 49ers would have some room to make some plays as well against this Ravens defense if the Jags yeah. were able to do it the week and they're prior, that bad. you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, I don't think so. I mean, the the week prior, Matthew Stafford and the Rams had a lot of success as well. Kyron Williams like ran all over them, especially in the first half. So, um, yeah, I, I think there is some opportunity there, and you know, we'll we'll touch on that more in a bit. Uh, I have, I think, uh, two more or one more um, cautious matchup. And of course, it's kind of obvious, Lamar Jackson, right? And this Ravens run game. Um, and so I think for me, like, I'd call this more of a cautious matchup, depending on the 49ers injuries. Eric Armstead, uh, probably a long shot to play. That will kind of leave this as a cautious matchup for me. Javon Hargrave being there is definitely going to be an improvement. Um, but this is one of the best rushing offenses in the league outside of the 49ers so yeah the Ravens rank second in average yards per rush um, with 5.01 they're first in runs of 10 or more yards they have 62 of those and they're sixth in percentage of successful running plays 39.6 percent of their run plays are successful and they run the ball on an NFL high 50.8 percent of offensive plays um, and they have the second wow. fewest pass attempts. Actually, the 49ers have the most or the fewest, the first fewest <laughs> pass attempts. Uh, so, again, like these two offenses are kind of similar in their like philosophies and what they lean on. And that's the run game. Uh, and so last week against the Cardinals, Arizona against the 49ers ran 30 times. They averaged 7.8 yards per carry, and the 49ers ended up allowing 235 yards on the ground. Not great. Like, clear, far and away, their worst, like, run defense performance of the season. On the other hand, the Ravens ran for 251 yards last week against the Jags. Sorry, Lori. Um, and that is the Ravens' 30th consecutive game with a hundred or more yards on the ground kind of easy to do when you have Lamar Jackson honestly but you know it just reiterates the importance of stopping the Ravens run game first and foremost it it really makes their offense go yeah and I think you know Lamar is definitely a threat I mean you know I, I don't know how often he runs the RPO um but just having a spy on him um and how often do the do the 49ers defensive ends drop back in the coverage? Probably not that often. They're mostly pass rushers, right? Well, that means that that's going to be a guy that's, you know, a linebacker or that's going to like, you know, you're going to need to have a spy and that takes away somebody on a receiver. Um, so like the Jaguars had a couple DNs, they actually drop back into coverage. So they had more of the DBs in the backfield kind of preventing Lamar from throwing, not that it worked, but, um, you know, that's like the point where, you know, the 49ers are going to, they're, they're going to have to figure out a way to stop Lamar without losing, um, one of their key guys on defense. Um, well, what I saw from Lamar was, or what I saw from the offense was what they'll do is they'll, they'll take, they'll take a wide receiver, run him on the end around in the flat. So they'll have a flat on this side. They'll take the running back, run him flat on that side. Then they'll have like three guys run out. And so that spreads the defense really thin and it, and it opens up the defense. So Lamar just runs it right up the gut. 
says well, that's okay. what you gotta watch out for. They he did that against the Jags a couple times. Oh, for sure. And I mean, as talented as he is a rusher and he has 741 rushing yards, that leads all quarterbacks, obviously. <laughs> but he's also a very talented passer, which he doesn't really get a lot of credit for. And this season, he's even though the Ravens are passing the second least of any team, Lamar himself is doing a little more passing than maybe he did in the past where it was like in the past, he was way more focused on running and they had way more plays dedicated and and planned out for him to run. Um, But tell me Lori in, in watching the Jags defense, did you get the sense that the Jags defense was okay with giving Lamar those runs? Like, 10, you know, like six, 10 yards, you know, here and there. Fine. As long as we cover everything on the back end and we don't give up the big play. Yeah. And I mean, they did both. They allowed both. (laughs) But yeah. But I think that their plan was like kind of what you said. Like, hey, let's try to get him, um, you know, if he does scramble out. But I think the focus is for him not to take a shot deep. Um, Mm -hmm. But because that's what he does. Plays yep. broke down, and he he kind of scrambled in the pocket. He didn't take off right away. He is still looking downfield, and yes. that's a huge difference between Hurts, what what mm-hmm. what the 49ers saw with Hurts, because Hurts doesn't stay in the pocket longer than Lamar Jackson. He will run. He'll actually run prematurely. So, like, if you just have somebody, you know, he's not Hurts. Um, he's a better, like, quarterback than Hurts. Uh, so, yes. you know, and, and the Jaguars allowed Lamar to kind of stay within the pocket. They had a DN even try to spy him and the DNs couldn't even get him, um, even though they have some athletic DNs. Um, but yeah, they were but they were playing zone. So they were kind of keeping everything in front of them um, and they were playing zone match. So it was like, you know, this is a cornerback, right? And a guy runs into his zone, so he follows him. And then once he runs out of his zone, then another guy will run in and he'll go go down and pick him up. Well, but mm-hmm. you have to have, like, really good switches on defense to not let that get the best of you. So, like, right. in between that switch, that guy's wide open. And that's where I um, um, Likely comes in, Isaiah Likely. He was he was kind of killing it against the Jags because it was like okay when are we switching and then he Lamar scrambled around and Isaiah just ran right up the seam, um, you know and you got to watch out what is it Beckham right um, Odell yeah Beckham, Odell Beckham. yeah yep. he he was doing really well too um, you know against man coverage he he did pretty well um, I mean the Jaguars had like shitty corners but that's besides the point he, he still wasn't you know playing too bad. Um, but uh, yeah, back to Lamar. He's definitely not Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely touch on that a, a little bit more. Um, and I mean, I I just want to talk about the Ravens' run blocking really quick because they're really good and they actually rank second in composite rating. Um, and I also want to mention, you know, Keaton Mitchell is like a huge um you know, a a huge uh, blow for this Ravens defense. Um, I'm sorry, Lori, I got to take a phone call really quick. It's, it seems urgent. So I'm just going to mute myself, but yeah, if you want to talk about this really quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't really know too much about, um, you know, the Ravens run blocking last week. It just seemed like, you know, they were killing it in every aspect, but the Jaguars aren't really great at stopping the run. Um, so it's, it's really about just stopping Lamar, um, to be honest, there were a lot of times where he could kind of pop right up right through the middle. Uh, and it was really about who's going to be the spy. Is it, you know, it's not going to be Fred Warner. Maybe it, you know, it'll be him when it, when the, when the ball comes through the middle. Um, but you know, who's going to be that guy that's going to watch, um, Lamar when he, you know, tries to bounce it outside. Um, so, I mean, that, that's really the big thing here. So, uh, Gus Edwards, uh, Melvin Gordon. I didn't even know Melvin Gordon was even on the Ravens, but I'm just looking at their their um, their depth chart here um, and uh, Justice Hill. But um, and you, you know you can't forget the fullback um, Ricard. So you know he lines up on the line 
um, I would say pretty, pretty often. It could be, you know, him and Isaiah Likely because nowadays fullbacks can be tight ends too. So you have Ricard, he'll start up in the backfield and then he'll just line right up on the on the line. Um, so it's like, you know, who's going to pick him up? And they'll pretty much just try to spread defenses as thin as possible. Um, so, yeah, that's really what you got to watch out for. Um, but I think this is going to be a good matchup because it's the 49ers and the Ravens. They're obviously – the two of the best teams. I think the Ravens are kind of like, they're creeping up. They're creeping up to be like, okay, every everybody on our team was hurt for the last couple years. It's like every single year it seemed Lamar was hurt. And I think that's why they're not running the ball as much with him. Um, and so they're running, you know, they're, they're handing it off. And Lamar is sticking in the pocket more and more. So, you know, you just, you know, you really got to watch out for um, – you know, the, I guess the running backs, because I didn't re- even realize how good of a run blocking team that they were. Let me try to zoom in on this picture. Run block composite rate. Yeah, so SIS, a score of 100. That's pretty ridiculous. I don't know how ESPN gives them a 60. Like, how does ESPN even score that? It's a great question. And PFF, of course, 72. Um I mean, I, I'd say SIS is the most accurate. That's Sports Info Solutions. That's where I get most of my info. Um, but, yeah, so I would just be more focused on Lamar than anyone. Um, you know. You got everything good, Steph? Sorry. Can you hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if I can hear you, but... Yeah, I can. I mean, I could hear you. Um, one second. Yeah, this stupid thing. My AirPods aren't connected, but um, yeah, I'm gonna get it connected. Sorry about that. I just had a urgent phone call. Um, yeah. Okay, there we go. But All yeah, right. I was. I don't really. I'm know, assuming like, that much you about covered run the run blocking of the <laughs> the Ravens pretty thoroughly. <laughs> um. I mean, as, as as much as you could, I appreciate you. Um, you know, taking. I spoke that. about Lamar. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, for and and one thing. So one thing I wanted to mention, I guess, like with the run blocking, is that Keaton Mitchell was averaging six and a half yards before contact since week nine, since he came back from injury. So yeah, to highlight the fact that he's a big loss for you know, the, the Ravens, but also to highlight their run blocking. Like that's, I think tells you how solid they have been. Um, but yeah, this time around, it's going to be Gus Edwards and justice Hill um, handling the load and Hill wasn't as efficient of a runner as Mitchell, but he's still shifty and he could still be explosive as well. Um, Gus Edwards, who is expected to start in this game. He has 663 yards on the season and one spot on the field, especially where the Ravens love to use him, is at the goal line, right? So definitely look out for him there. Um, Mitchell has had as many 10-plus yard carries as uh, Gus Edwards had in 116 fewer carries. So, yeah, Mitchell, um, they're going to miss him a lot. And, you know, his big play ability, uh, which to me – I think it helps the 49ers a little bit that obviously Keaton Mitchell is not going to be out there, but still this Ravens offense and the run game is going to be something to be wary of in this one. All right. Ready to move on to the favorable matchups in this game. And for me, Let's like I, I just want to talk about the 49ers defensive line going up against the Ravens offensive line, which kind of seems like, well, you you know, Steph, you just talked about how good they are at run blocking. Um, but, you know, and I'm also going to rattle off some things they are good at. They're third in pass block win rate. They're fourth in run block win rate. Ronnie Stanley um, seems like he's going to play. He, he practiced today, so – He'll be out there for them. That's good for them. Tyler Linderbaum is one of the better centers in the league. He hasn't given up a sack yet this season. Um, And so it's not that I don't think they're doing a good job. Like, obviously, they're a really talented offensive line. But, you know, they're 
their pass blocking composite rating is 13th. Um, and I just think the 49ers defensive line has been so good. And I'm glad, Lori, that you mentioned the fact that, you know, Jalen Hurts, he held on to the ball a lot. And like he, his time to throw Jalen Hurts is 3.05 seconds. Although Lamar Jackson kind of holds on to the football too. Not as long as Hurts. Um, but Lamar sits at 2.95, so only slightly quicker, but still on the slower end, which I feel like could give the 49ers defensive line some time to get home. And you mentioned it earlier, like if they're going to do that, they need to be careful to keep him contained, right? Not allow any like rushing lanes, which like, you know, if it's there, he'll take it. But if not, he's just going to sit back there and kind of wait for something to get open. And before you know it, Nick Bosa, you know, one of these defensive linemen, you know, could get to him. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what the, the Jaguars were chasing him all game. So, and they have, you know, obviously the, the 49ers have a better defensive line. So I think they'll have a good chance to get him a couple times because he's not the old Lamar Jackson. You know, he's like I was mentioning when you were on your break, it's just like, He's trying not to be hurt because you feel like the last couple of years, it's just yeah. they're always a contender because of the roster that they have, but there's always injuries. So they have to be careful, yeah. you know? Yeah, that that could very well be the season why he's not like as uh, gung-ho about running as it used to be. Yeah, last week the Jags had three sacks and the Rams, um, who I thought did a good job of, you know, being aggressive but not like over-pursuing. They had two sacks. Um, so again, like, you know, the 49ers defensive line, I, I think in their pass rushes is, is better, uh, than those teams. So I, I think the Lamar could be had in the pocket a little more in this game than some might expect. Um, but another favorable matchup for me is Christian McCaffrey. And we talk about this guy every single week. And I showed this graphic last week, but now of course we have the Arizona game to show in what Christian McCaffrey has done in the last four games. He's rushed for 467 yards with an average of 6.7 yards per carry. And this is McCaffrey's highest rushing average over a four-game span in his career um, and the highest by any San Francisco running back since 2006 when Frank Gore, um, you know, did it. So he's been super efficient and you know the 49ers rank fifth in average yards per rush this season with 4.74 they're second in runs of 10 or more yards and they're first in percentage of successful running plays so again both of these offenses matching up really well there um but Christian McCaffrey is like hard to stop even if you spend all week game planning for him yeah I mean they you know the the 49ers know how to all you need is that little bit of sliver of space and McCaffrey's going to get through there so Tanya what's what's up yeah she she joins us about uh every week shout out Rick as well always in here Oasis Rips has has been joining uh the lives as well appreciate you guys um but yeah the Rick. the Ravens the last couple weeks like if you look at their stats for the full season, they've been awesome against the run. So that's what everyone has been talking about, right? Great run defense. But the last couple of weeks, they've actually been struggling. Like since week 10, the Ravens are 28th in rush defense. They're allowing 4.8 yards per carry. Um, and opposing teams are achieving successful running plays 40.8% of the time. And that's the seventh worst rate in the NFL in that span since week 10. So yeah, that's why I feel like there's some opportunity here, I think, for the 49ers if the Ravens continue on that same path um, because, you know, I've, as we've seen, Christian McCaffrey's so good. And the 49ers are actually undefeated this season when McCaffrey runs for at least 75 yards. And so maybe it's as simple as asking this question to you, Lori, and everyone in the chat as well. Do you believe that Christian McCaffrey could have at least 75 yards against this Ravens defense on Monday night? Yes. I do too. I do too. And so like, I feel like that probably means the 49ers are in a favorable position um, in this game. 
so I, I feel good about it. And like if, if the 49ers do have success running the ball, um, I think Purdy will find success too because that means the play action uh, will be available to him. They've had a lot of success on that. And you see his ranks, Brock Purdy's ranks, um, first in completion percentage, third in open target percentage, second in well-thrown percentage, and first in catchability percentage on play action passes. Um, so part of that is getting the run game going, but, yeah. you know, I, I feel uh, confident about it. You, you mentioned Kyron Williams last two, yeah. uh, two weeks know? ago. Yep. And uh, he got 114 yards. So, you know, I, th- I think uh, if the, the Rams can do it, then the 49ers can definitely do it. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think watching those two games, like I don't really know what's going on with the Ravens defense right now and why they've been struggling with that uh, the last two weeks, but it bodes well for the 49ers for sure. So yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's, that's a favorable matchup for me. And you mentioned Isaiah, I, Isaiah likely earlier and you know, coming out of the bye week for the Ravens, he's had some strong games. Like obviously with Mark Andrews being out, he's been more of a he's been more involved in their offense. So the last two games he had um eighty-three yards and a touchdown and then seventy yards and a touchdown. So he scored in the last two. And I don't know if you remember Lori, but last week uh in our Cardinals preview, I mentioned that I liked the 49ers against Trey McBride. <laughs> But Trey McBride and like the Cardinals actually kind of went off their tight ends. Uh, They allowed the 49ers allowed 15 catches and 172 yards and a tight and a touchdown to tight ends last week, which, you know, was a surprise to me. Uh, So, yeah, McBride looks like a dog, but (laughs) they've actually allowed uh, touchdowns to tight ends two weeks in a row now. So. I'm I'm a little unsure what to think about this matchup with Isaiah Likely because I'm like, are the 49ers going to, you know, show more of the same? But I think I'm ready to put my trust back into the defense against uh, Isaiah Likely and in hopes that they will at least limit him. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers, man, they they allowed the fifth highest yards to tight ends over the last five games. Um, so. Yeah, that's I not just, good. Um, I just I just pulled that up. They they allowed 371 yards, um, 34 completions, which is fifth. Uh, 371 yards, which is fifth. Um, so I mean, th- yeah, that's that's not good. And but I Isaiah Likely, I think he's good, man. I think he's really good. Yeah, he is. Um, and I and I think you know it has just something to do with you know. Lamar and him having a really good connection and Lamar having the time to find him um, and they can get on the same page when the play breaks down. Isaiah can get there, especially if teams are playing zone. He just knows how to like kind of get through deep zone defenses. Um, It's just like, you know, they some, he can somehow get up the seam and Lamar just throws those, like those rainbow throws right over the linebackers, Mm -hmm. just right in his hands. Um, And, you know, I saw that, you know, last week, but again, I don't even feel like mentioning (laughs) talking about that anymore, but yeah, Isaiah, man, he's good. He's good. Yeah. And, and so maybe like blindly and my, you know, my bias is maybe blinding me here, but I, I feel like the 49ers will get back on track and defending tight ends and hopefully, you know, at least limit Isaiah likely um, shout out uh, Tanya for the super chat. She says, shout to y'all ladies. Y'all know football. I'm going to learn from you. Uh, what <laughs> dies? I don't know. LA. Um, yeah. Maybe. Oh, a typo. <laughs> she got her nails done. Well, all right, <laughs> then show off those nails. Um, yeah. You got to get those Christmas nails popping, you know? So, yeah, thank you. I appreciate appreciate the the super chat. Um, glad you're enjoying the show. I have one more favorable matchup here, and kind of surprising too. I'm gonna say Ravens defense against motion. Um, and so I was able to find this stat. So entering Week 14, the 49ers have used preset 
pre-snap motion on 76.2% of their plays. That's the second highest in the league. I mean, we've all heard about that, right? Like the 49ers use motion a lot. Kyle Shanahan's offense uses motion a lot. Um, on plays with pre-snap motion this season, Purdy is second in the NFL among qualifying quarterbacks in passing yards. He has 2,719 2, yards off of pre-snap motion plays and he has a completion percentage of 70.3 that's fourth um with pre-snap motion plays and so the ravens the past two weeks so again like these last two weeks for some reason have been like the bane of the ravens existence they've you know they've still won those games but they're showing like signs of you know some seams a little bit and so the they're, rams, they're on film you know, for, for 15 weeks, teams yeah. are kind of, you know, getting right. to know them a little bit. You're right. I, that could be it. And so Stafford and Trevor Lawrence combined uh, 12 of 15 for 160 yards and a touchdown against the Ravens on uh, pre-snap motion plays. And they averaged 0.71 EPA per drop back on those plays. So, and I just looked up their 11th in yards allowed on plays that involve motion um, over the last uh, five weeks. So since week 10, they allowed the 11th most. I mean, 11, you know, it's not like, you know, terrible, but it's still like almost top 10 of being top worst. So, you know, gotta, gotta mention it. Gotta mention it. Cause it yeah. seems like that could be a weakness. You know, are they able to rotate? Are they able to, you know, they're 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 are they able to pass off responsibilities? Um, you know, they're they're great at tackling um, you know, the Ravens, but are they good when it comes to, you know, playing against really good schemes? And last week they didn't play a good scheme in the Jaguars, so <laughs> you know, anyway. But again, I dude, Give I just I can't help credit. it. I know, I know. <sighs> Give them some credit though. At least I want to give them credit because to me it's like obviously I wanna I wanna know or I wanna think that the Jags are a good team because if okay, maybe it didn't seem like that competitive of a game, but again, like I kind I felt like the Jags Yeah, in the beginning won that it was game. yeah, like they they could have gotten control of that game. It just kind of got out of hand for them. But I think, yeah, in that first half, like they, there were some opportunities there. And so yeah, I, the Ravens didn't seem as good as what I thought they were. I thought they were, it should have been like, you know, 17 nothing. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the Jags were stopping them, man. So, you know, that yeah, just. That's what I'm saying. That, if you look at last week's game, the 49ers are a better team, you know, than the Ravens. But, you know, that it's all about matchups, obviously. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I mean, the 49ers haven't been perfect, too. Like I talked about, the run defense, not having Hargrave and Eric Armstead last week definitely hurt them. It seems like they're on their way to having Hargrave in this one, uh, but Armstead probably not going to play. So that has to factor into how we feel about the outlook of this game. And so with that, earlier in the week, my score prediction was 34-27 because I was kind of like – you know, the injuries were still kind of up in the air for the 49ers. And I was kind of thinking, okay, if they're going to miss Hargrave and Armstead again, I think it'll have to be a high scoring game. The offense is going to have to score a lot of points. So I was predicting 34-27. But now we have a little more information. And it seems like Hargrave's going to probably play. Armstead's still going to be out, like I said. But I think I'm going to switch my score prediction 28-19. Okay, okay. Now, I want you to pay attention, right? All you guys, not Steph. She's already paying attention. Because <laughs> anyway, anyway. So, like I said earlier, I don't think this is, you know, a must-win game for the 49ers. Okay. I think that if this is scripted, the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Eagles are all supposed to lose this week. And they're all supposed to go into the next three the, the next three weeks. They're all supposed to win out. And they're all supposed to lose this week's game. Okay. If that happens, then the Ravens and the 49ers will be going to the Super Bowl. So, that being said, I am going to say the Ravens might win this week. 
because I don't think it's necessarily like a must-win game for the 49ers. I think the must-win game is the Super Bowl that you're either going to play in against this team. So this is kind of like, oh, we we lose this week and we know how to play them in the Super Bowl when it gets there. And it's like, it's a revenge game in the Super Bowl because you lose this week. So mm. listen, don't, you know, I'm just saying, right? So 20... 28 24 or 27 24. And you're saying the Ravens, Ravens win, I'm saying the Ravens. Wow, win. okay, but, but it's the long you gotta think of the long run, you gotta think of you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, if the 49ers lose this game but end up winning the Super Bowl, I, I could You'll care take less. it, right? okay. literally, it could care less. That, um, that's where my mind is at right now about this, so okay, fair. <laughs> um, okay, if. Let's just, while we're you know have our tinfoil hats on and like let's just go into that if this is a if there's a script you know the NFL would really love to see that week 18 game 49ers Rams be a meaningful game like that would be great and I don't know has that I don't know if that game has been scheduled yet but I if it hasn't been, they could potentially schedule that for a primetime game. The fact that the Rams won on Thursday night football yesterday, you know, they're kind of seen as this team that's like, nobody wants to play them right now. They're going to be the team that get, goes into the playoffs and wreaks havoc. They're dangerous. Um, the same thing they're doing with the Bills in the AFC. So I don't know if, yeah, the 49ers lose that game. That suddenly becomes a must-win game for both teams. Right now, the you know, the Rams are in the wild card. Uh, you know, the 49ers currently I mean, own the one seed, but they could potentially lose it if they lost that, if they lose against the Ravens and lose, you know, that final They're going to win so. out after they lose this game on Sunday. Oh, good. Oh, good. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that uh, reassurance. But. No, but like if you if you look at it, like, I mean, I don't know. But they all have the same record, right? Aren't they like, well, I guess not now that the that the Eagles lost. But like what they I don't even know. Dude. No, the, I mean, the 49ers right now own the uh, most of the tiebreakers. They just need to go two and one in the next three games. Um, to me, it's still a must-win game because I don't want that final Tanya, game. The refs are the in control, baby girl. The refs <laughs> are in control of this game. Oh man. Well, you know, I I think it's going to be an entertaining one, nonetheless. No, uh, sure. I think this could definitely be a Super Bowl preview. Yeah, very well could be. Um, so I'm going to have fun, you know, watching it. Hopefully, we're going to have a lot of fun because hopefully the 49ers win and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I appreciate all of you guys tuning in for this show um, on a Friday, you know, a couple of days before Christmas. I know a lot of people are, are busy, so I appreciate all of you. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Um, I am hoping to do a post-game show uh, after the, the game on Christmas, but I'll keep you guys posted. So just make sure you have notifications on for the channel so you know if and when I go live. But for now, folks, have a good rest of your Friday. Peace.